It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Kevin the Mosconish Milton. Find me on Twitter at Mosconish. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at Ray Hunt 84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider showing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash In That Number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number. This is episode 210 uh, with everyone on their international break. Me and the Moscow Mush are bringing a special guest to you this week. Uh, we are pleased to be joined by Saints play commentator Ian Wilding. Uh, we're going to chat over his career, his match day preparations, which I'm really, really keen to find out about, um, and how Saints have fared so far this season. Uh, but before we bring him in, Let's get in the Moscow mush, Kevin Milverton. Kevin, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. A little bit under the weather. I mean, the weather has been atrocious this week, so um, it's probably no surprise. Oh, no. It's been all right here. We had a little bit of an Indian summer. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's like 20-something degrees. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. Okay, right. Uh, let's bring in our star this week. Uh, the man who gets to sit next to Dean Hammond every match day, Ian Wilding. <laughs> Uh, Ian, welcome along. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Definitely our pleasure. And this is um, 
this is a good this is one i've been wanting to do for a while now so yes yeah, it's, it's great to great to have you on and kev it's been it's been 210 episodes and we finally got someone on who knows what they're talking about and an expert in covering <laughs> football <laughs> the pressure's on now <laughs> so anyway um firstly how are you and I was going to ask, actually, if you're enjoying your, your break from Saints this week, but you're actually covering the women's team this weekend against Durham. So not much of a rest for you, is it? No, funny enough, it's um, because this season with Saints, it's the, it's the women's, it's the under 21s, sometimes it's the under 18s and it's the senior team as well. So there was one point last week where I think I did four Saints games in in five days. Wow. So <laughs> at every level. So, yeah, of course, so yeah, because we had Stoke, so, didn't we? Stoking yeah, absolutely. So that was on the Tuesday, and then there was the Academy Friday, Saints Women's Sunday, and the and the men's in between. So, but no, I'm really enjoying it, and it's nice to be able to do the women's on a Sunday as well. And uh, it keeps me going. I mean, I don't mind that to be honest. Keep the football fix going. Ah. So, uh, no, there's there's no such thing for myself as an international break as such. But uh, I don't really mind that too much. No, well, at least you're not actually travelling up to Durham because I mean you can't get much further away than that, can you? So uh, it's, it's no. okay. So. That's very true. That's very yeah. true. Uh, we, I think we were, there was talk last season of going up to Durham, but it clashed with the men's at the same time. So we didn't actually go up to Durham. Oh. So that would have been quite something. And they're actually at Durham a week before Christmas this season. So that could be an interesting oh. trip up. If that Definitely. Happens. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good timing. Um, yeah. So you, you've been you've been traveling up and down the country this season for um, for Saints play, uh, which mm. is pretty much my dream job, really. I mean, and you get to do it alongside Dean Hammond as well. It's uh, it is fantastic. It's great to have somebody like Dean there as well with his knowledge of the game. He's been brilliant, really, from uh, the moment uh, he started this season. So yes, I'm, I'm loving it at the moment. It's it's been a mixed bag as far as the score lines are concerned. But uh, there's been a lot of a lot of trips up north. We've obviously we've had Sunderland, Middlesbrough, and funny enough, oh, yeah, that course, first half yeah. of the season, there's a lot of trips up north, isn't there? Really? Yeah. Um, so we're getting all the miles in quickly. Started at Sheffield as well, didn't we? So yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. It's been it's been good fun, and um, you know, I think to actually have a look at, at Saints week in week out as well, and and have a look at, at how they get on and com- comparing one performance to the week before as well. <laughs> that can be quite painful quite at times, trust me. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But yeah, how how is Dean Hammond anyway? Like, because we, we actually we actually had him on the show a while back, didn't we, Kevin? We both agree that he was just one of our favourite guests. He was just, yeah, just a really happy guy and just great to have on. Yeah, he's very good. He's a really nice guy, very good to work with. Um, You know, I like how he's constructive, but he's also positive as well. You always feel when you speak to Dean that the the winning run is just around the corner, even when they lost four games in a row and he was right in the end. Uh, So he's great company. You see him in the media room before. Uh, We often travel up differently just because of location he lives in in brighton mm. um but uh, i see plenty of him before the game and after the game so but he is really good company as i say he always feels like he he, he finds the positives to look into a saint's performance where you feel when it seems like doom and gloom certainly after that defeat at middlesbrough you think where the, where's the next win gonna come from but as dean kept saying a couple of wins and things can change and that's what happened so yeah. I'll, I'll listen to Dean next time he says that. And uh, it makes us all feel better when he says things like that anyway, when it's doom and gloom. So I guess having him alongside you is great. It's great to stay positive. But, yeah, I was going to ask you, actually, how, how do you stay so positive and in control on the mic? Because especially yeah. the second half against Rotherham, I mean, how mm. do you not get angry or swear? Because I, I know if, if Kevin was doing your job, he wouldn't last 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I've come close a couple of times. and. <laughs> 
got a phrase a couple of times where I just say it off the cuff when there's been goals in the past where I've said, oh, my goodness me. And that's basically because I'm quite close to saying something I probably shouldn't be saying on, on air. <laughs> it's the, the, the next best thing I can say. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, sometimes not easy. Mm. Especially when matches are frustrating at times. You know, the Rotherham game was frustrating, wasn't it? Second half. Oh, God, yes. Um, and it's, it's, it's not easy. But Touchwood, sometimes it's, I mean, in the past, when I've been doing games, not as Saints, but when I've had, I mean, when I used to do Eastley commentary, when I used to have guest commentators, sometimes they'd give us a, a player who's never done commentary before. <laughs> and they've had no media training or anything. You think, oh, no, you know, if he says one, <laughs> thing out of line here it's me that's in trouble so it's, you've got to apologize yeah yeah wow. sometimes but uh, we've got away with it so far yeah. i mean dean hammond does have a history of um oh yeah um, <laughs> swearing life on tv <laughs> yes yeah that was the uh the 2012 promotion party wasn't it when uh saints beat coventry and he was uh being interviewed on the side of the pitch and he uh yeah, he, he he let it out a little bit, but yeah, that was brilliant. We did remind him about that actually when he was on the show, and yeah, uh, yeah. that was great. If yeah. there's one time to do it, I think that's it, surely. Absolutely, yeah, you get a, you get a free pass, mind you. We're quite a sweary podcast anyway, so uh, I luckily I haven't got to edit out or apologise for Kevin because yeah, <laughs> I just let him go. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For some interested in your journey and how you got to where you are now, um, yeah, where did it all start with you? It all started up at Leeds University, actually, in 2004. Really? Yeah, I'm a Leeds man, too. Oh, you really? I, oh, OK. Yeah, yeah I, I joined in 2000. What, when did you graduate? I graduated in 2007. Ah, I was 2008. When are you going? There at the same time. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, just the one year out. We could have passed each other many times. Well, yeah, uh, I started in 2004 as well. So, yeah, well, wow, that's amazing. Was it Bottle oh, you were at, Kev? Sorry? Where was it? Boddington, Bod Hall, was it? Boddington, Boddington yeah, I was yeah. in Boddington Hall. Yeah. Oh, mine was, I was at Norwich Halls, which was Leeds Trinity University, which is slightly outside. So, yeah, but that was that was obviously quite a, obviously you probably found yourself, you know, when you go up there to start with, it's always a strange time yeah. coming from down south to, to up, up to Leeds. But I was there from 2004. Basically, it all came about because so randomly, I remember going to an open day at the college that I was on and it just going finding different flyers, different universities. And I just saw a course which said sports journalism. And I didn't even know it existed at the time because it was pretty much in its, its infancy. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. That's something I've always wanted to do. And then I did the course, graduated in 2007. And then it took me probably a couple of years to actually get first radio gig. I actually worked in HMV for a couple of years after after wow. graduating. And then in 2009, I got my first free gig. It was basically working for a station called Delta Radio, which is no longer around anymore. It's a station in, in Borden, uh, which was a commercial radio station. But that was doing work for free. It was on the telephone doing reports. I think my first game was something like four marks against Chidding Fold. <laughs> and it was a, a, a local game and I was building it up like it was Manchester United, Manchester City because of the, yeah. the local rivalry between the two there. But they were something like Division 11 or something. Um, a lot of like soldiers and that sort of thing, isn't it? Uh, there were actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that kind of area. And it kind of went from there, really. So I did that. And then within a few months, I ended up um, presenting the sports show on a Saturday, which, again, was for free. And then it kind of 
developed into working Monday to Friday uh, presenting the drive time show. So that was for a couple of years. Um, and then since then, I think I've worked for something like 15 radio stations, three online TV channels, a few football clubs. And that's been probably 15 years now. And I spent a big wow. chunk of that at um, local BBC Radio Solent as well. So it's been quite a time. So it's it's something which I've uh, I've loved every minute of it, to be honest. And it's gone so quickly. I can't believe it's about 15 years in January, I think it is now. I've wow. been in radio altogether. That's amazing. That sounds like something that I would really, really want to do. But I mean, I suppose the only downside to your job is working at Fratton Park. But, you know, <laughs> every job has its bad parts, doesn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's... Uh, and funny enough, they're doing well, aren't they, at the moment? They're yeah, winning. yeah, we're going to see it. We're going to see a division with Saints, Bournemouth, and Pompey next year. So, hey, I know that. I've, I've never thought we'd see the day. No, no. three at the same division. But it's it's looking likely at the moment. Very likely, yeah. Unless Saints can get up, yeah. Um, but yeah, what's the what's the best part of, of doing what you do? I'd say the variety, definitely. And the thing is, you come and I mean, just doing. I know it sounds silly, but just doing the football commentary on a Saturday, and you turn up and. Every game going into the match, you're predicting what's going to happen and everything I predict never happens. It's just the you just never know what's around the corner. And uh, I like the fact that it's the commentary on a Saturday and the Tuesday, which is a fun side of things. Um, but I actually quite like the, the preparation as well. It, obviously, you put hours and hours of, of work into it. But that plus the um, reading sport bulletins as well in the week for Radio Solence and maybe producing shows, reading the news. So I'm kind of doing different things throughout the week. So it's it's never dull. And then always, just always busy. watching football is just fantastic, really, isn't it, for a job? So oh, my God, you, yes. <laughs> you can't beat it, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, those are the highs. Um, what about the lows? Um, what are the worst parts? Is it Pompey? Show? It's Pompey, isn't it? It's got to be Pompey. No. <laughs> Apart from going to Fratton Park, yeah. Fratton Park. Well, and also I'd say the... the I mean, as as good as that is a variation, the same time is it's finding that that balance. Obviously, I wouldn't change it, but you know, you do work Saturdays and Sundays, but you end up working as a freelancer in the week. So that's another thing. So you're kind of having to balance everything up really with trying to find some time off here and there where you can. Um, obviously, I've got a three-year-old at home as well, so oh. it's it's finding that balance with everybody. As I think it's that that work-life balance is always a, a difficult thing. Um, mm. But then I think that's the thing. If 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 you do that kind of job, then it does involve Saturday work. So I, lo I love every minute of it. But it's just that finding that time. It's it's not like a five days a week. You have six weeks off holiday. You still have a good chunk of holiday, but you just have to find it somewhere else and yeah. take as much time off in the summer as you can, really. So the only time you get off, really, and we, you you have to come on a, a Saints podcast and talk about everything. So, yeah, we've, we're taking away your family time. God damn. <laughs> no, um, it's fine. I'll sit here with a beer. It's fine. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> yes. have, you, have you got your three-year-old a Saints shirt? No, I haven't. No. I actually was going to take her to a, a women's game the other day, but she didn't want to go. Oh. I was going to take her to a Saints women's match when I wasn't working, but she had a last-minute U-turn. Oh, see, none of my kids no. go with me either. But, I always try and get my girls to go to the football, but they're not interested at all. No, no. That's the next thing, though. On the list for Christmas, I'll have to get a one, definitely. I did, but did one of us, like, over the years, like, working your way up through local radio, that must have been the odd um, disaster here or there, you know, some technical difficulties that might have made it difficult. Oh, all the time, yeah. I mean, even now, when we dial in, there's this red, there's the red and green light we have to wait for to turn on. 
And the mm. relief when you see the red and green light come on, the, <laughs> you're about to it broadcast. Actually works. <laughs> it's a fantastic feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so we do, I mean, going to the grounds as well, it's you know, basically for a, a phone line, you're just relying on them all working at the grounds. So we went up to, to Middlesbrough early September and there was some issue with the phone lines up there <laughs> and the ICN lines. And we got on eventually, but I said to Dean Hammond with about half an hour to kick off, I said, I'm sure we're going to get on here. We've come all the way up to Middlesbrough and uh, <laughs> it might be a wasted trip. Just watch the game. <laughs> Live yeah. stream it on your phone or something. Yeah. Exactly. Watch the game There's, from the gantry and enjoy it. Yeah, Absolutely. There's always a way, though. It's a weird kind of thing with technicals. You always find a way to be able to fix it in some way or another, whether it's on the phone or anything. Somehow it always seems to work out. I think there's been a, two games where I've watched in the past where I've just I've had, I've had no chance and I've just had to watch the game, which has been quite nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Evening <laughs> off. Yeah, brilliant. Actually, we have technical issues every single week, don't we, Kev? There's always something going wrong. It's just like, oh, no. It's they're... absolutely guaranteed. Yeah. 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 Things very, very rarely happen how you, how you want it to happen sometimes at the football. Yes. And, uh, and I think actually we've had um, there was one game where, I mean, it wasn't a club issue. It was something from externally. And it was against Sunderland where the first minute didn't go out. But, of course, Sunderland didn't go and score in the first minute. Oh, God, yeah. So, you know, that's that's what you call Sod's Law, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Although I don't think Saints fans really cared. No. Because they were probably quite happy not to watch that goal again, to be honest. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah, you, um, now working for the Saints streaming service, Saints Play, um, just tell me, yeah, how, how did that come about and um, and how's it, how's it going for you this season? Yeah, it's going really well. It all came about, it actually, I started working for the club as a freelancer back in 2017 and they were looking for a freelancer to, to cover some of their games. Um, that was basically just for the under 21s or the homes. So I did that. And then it's kind of grown from there and it's, it's gone from under 21s. And then there was a bit of a gap during COVID where it, it stopped for a couple of years and then it came back again. And then obviously the, the women's football, when they went up to the championship, we started that up in 2022. So we're into the second season now. And I think it's the fact the Saints are actually in the championship um, because of the, the TV rights and the streams is that basically the, the Saints wanted to do an equivalent of the iFollow service. Mm. So they wanted a, a TV uh, commentary to go over the top of it. So they got in touch with me about June and asked me if I was uh, if I was interested in doing it. And I pretty much said yes straight away. And it kind of just, just went from there. So the fact they went down to the championship meant that they could do it, which obviously isn't ideal. It'd be better to be doing it in the Premier League and the rights are different. Um, but, you know, just to be able to do it and go around the country, you know, and do 46 games is, you know, something really exciting for me, definitely. Oh, yeah, really, really good. But, yeah, um, what I really, really want to know is your, your match day preparations, like, like how, how you work in the lead up um, to the games and, you know, getting to know the opposition and, do you have to, like, memorise the shirt numbers, etc.? Yeah, you do. And some of the names, if, if you're not familiar with them, you just have to keep going over the names sometimes over your head over and over again, especially some of the double-barrelled names. Mm. Luckily, the double-barrelled names, I think Saints have got all of them We've now, got so, one of them, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so they've become quite familiar. Um, but I tend to find, obviously, you know quite a lot about the, the Saints players anyway, but you write the stats down. You know, I've got every stat about the last time each player scored a goal for Southampton. You know, there's one or two who have never scored a goal. So 
will probably go over the top if they do score. Um, <laughs> first time they score a senior goal. But then it, I tend to find most of the research then goes to the opposition. So I've got a section about the club's history, how they did last season, how they've done previous seasons, cup competitions, etc. I normally have about four or five bullet points for head-to-head, some of the standout games, the last time they played each other, uh, the referee, with the referee details about him, um, and just general stats and news about the club. I often go on news now, and there's loads and loads of information on there, isn't there, about mm. each, each team, um, and, and information on, on each player for the opposition and how many goals they've scored, how many assists. So it, it does take some time, and you end up having a big old scrapbook of facts by the end of the season. Of and, then each you re- team. and then you remember it, and it's just ingrained. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, funny enough, it's amazing how you can forget as well, because yeah. <laughs> you can do a game and all the focus is on these these players, and then Saturday at six o'clock comes around, and somebody could ask you, and it, it's weird, it just goes out your head. Yeah. Which I suppose is good, because maybe more useful things come into your head instead. It's not just... Championship players all the time engulfed in my brain. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, you can get all the research online and stuff like you can do all that, but it doesn't teach you how to pronounce the names properly. And do do you do you ever come across a team sheet and you see a name and you think, oh, shit, I'm going to mess this one up? Yes, very much so. (laughs) Yeah, there's a there's there's one or two where you there are times as well where it flows and, you know, it's it's off the tongue in the first half and you think, oh, it's fine. I've I've cracked this now on a. And then the second half comes along and, you know, all of a sudden they're on the attack and you think, oh, what's his name again? You know, it's just a human moment just goes out of your mind. And I think it was a Rotherham fullback, Lem- Lembakisa, last week. And yeah. I was saying his name all game. And then by 70 minutes, it just like... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For some reason, I had a mind blank. It, it, so it's it, it can happen quite easily. But I, I tend to find, you know, if you go on YouTube, you can find I do pronunciations. That. I do do that, actually. And yeah. um, Ke- Kevin, actually, is very, very skilled in languages. I mean, he speaks about 20 of them. So, what I mean, I usually go to him beforehand when there's a name that I don't know how to pronounce. And it, I guess he kind of makes me look better. But he <laughs> he gets wound up quite easily when people can't pronounce players' names. Isn't that right? I the worst one is, and he's been playing for us for so long, and nobody can pronounce his name properly. Is Jan Bednarik? Oh, Everyone calls yeah. him Bed- Bednarik. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it just drives me mad. I can't help it, you know. It was the same when um we had um Artie Boric's in goal, and everyone would keep calling him Boric. Yeah. And even just because I think the commentators they put so much care and say take so much time I'm trying to find out the pronunciations, but it's just like a few of them that sort of slip 
through and so yes <laughs> but the name gets it sort of ingrained in a different pronunciation that's true yeah I, I well, recently had some issues with that Leeds defender who scored against us. That um, was it, Pascal Strauch? Strauch? Strauch. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I mean, I, I when yeah. I did my notes, I had to write his name out phonetically so I wouldn't mess it up, and it turns out that I still did, and I still I still am now. Yeah, easy mistake to make. And also, I think with some of these Saints names, you hear pronunciations with some of them differently as well each time because you know exactly Ma- you hear Mara and Mara. Yeah. You know, that's another one in, in, in the Moa Mayor or Mayor Mayor. Yeah, Mayo, that one that gets me all the time. Mayo, so I've heard so many pronunciations for that one as well. And then I also find if you listen to a YouTube commentary or sometimes a local BBC preview with team news, you're listening and you're just thinking, well, I hope they've got this right themselves, because otherwise I'm just saying what they've said. And they might have just copied somebody else who might have got it wrong. So that's the way it goes, isn't it? In the lap of the gods sometimes. Um. Anyway, um, on that thought <laughs> so i thought i thought i'd help you out ian um with your mm. preparation for our upcoming fixtures and i've sourced some names that i think you might have some trouble with on our up- upcoming opponents and i wondered if you wanted to give them a go between the two of you if you're up for it so what i'll do yeah, is i'll do that one i will yeah. copy and paste it on the chat <laughs> in this uh so That's here <laughs> here's your first one got that one i'm gonna say alahaya sayadanish kevin i was going with um Alisha Saidmarmish. Okay. I don't, by the way, I don't know if he's right. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever you say is going to be fine. So that that's from that's from Hull, uh, yeah. and another one from Hull, a Turkish player. Dogukan Sini. Doyakan Sini. I would not know where to start. You need to breathe on it though. That's really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Turkish German used to play for a city. Gundogan. Yeah, yes, it's like you yeah. couldn't be handsome. Next one. From uh, from Preston, Montenegro player. It was Majic. Oh, I'd say that's right, yeah. Yeah, Militin Osmajic. Osmajic. Kevin, you'd If you say confidently enough, it's like no one questions it sometimes either. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 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 Kev, you'll be fine with this one. It's, it's Polish, um, but he's a Leeds uh, player. Christian Bielik. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah, Christian Bielik. Yeah. Be- Bielik. Or, I, see, I didn't know if that was Bielik or Bielik. Oh, that's me. Bielik. Bielik. Yeah, the stress would be on the first syllable, I think. Christian Bielik. Yeah. Excellent. Right, uh, next one. This should be quite easy, I think. Uh, from Cardiff. Manolis Siopis. Yeah, Manolis Siopis. Got one from Coventry now. A Jamaican that was born in Doncaster. Well, <laughs> is it Yol Labitabodia? <laughs> no idea. Latibodia. Yeah, and that Lata, sounds good. Yeah, Lata. yeah, I'd say Latibodia. Joel Latibodia. Uh-huh. See, when you, when you come to cover these games now, you're going to be thinking of us. So. Well, because it's Jamaican, it's not going to be like Yol Peru. So I'd say Joel. Yeah. A German? I just hope some of these don't score throughout the season. <laughs> Uh, a German for uh, who does he who does he play for? He plays for Blackburn. Samir Talalovic. Talalovic. Ah, oh, so yeah. I, when I was writing that down, it was like no, I I I didn't pronounce it like that. But now now I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's you made that, that sound. Possibly to me. Maybe he is. Yeah. Next one is from Holland and Swansea. Nathan Thiel. That's weird, isn't it? I got a feeling it might be a, if he's Dutch, it's got a, maybe a Natan. Oh really? 
is it is it yeah. Nat is it Nathan Ake? Ooh, yeah, because everyone calls him Nathan. Mm. Yeah, that's actually that's it's kind of in the works. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Kevin, this is right up your street. So this is the last one. You'll be pleased to know. This is a Ukrainian. Now, Kev, you can speak this. Okay. So, and he's from Swansea also. Okay, so Mykola Kuharevich. Mykola Kuharevich. Wow. That's a uh, better one. I think yours is better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, I do speak Ukrainian and, and Polish and Russian. <laughs> yeah. Learn so, a bit of Turkish at the moment. So. Yeah, he, he, he's, he knows about 20 languages. But yeah, that, that's, um, <laughs> that's about it. But yeah, all those players there, that, uh, you're going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, God, I just came into a cold sweat just looking at them. So, uh, I'm <laughs> looking forward to both all play for the same team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it'll be in trouble then. Uh, one a little bit closer to home, actually, that I'd never been corrected on. Uh, Saints women goalkeeper. Is it Kayla Rendell or Rendell? Because every single week I hear it change. Yeah, I've heard dev- different versions. What I need to do is I need to track down her mum and find out from the horse's mouth, because I know she goes to all the games or even yeah. speaks speak to Kayla herself, but I think it's Kayla Rendell. Is it? See, I, I said um, that at first, but then everyone, I heard someone's call it Rendell. So I was like, oh, OK, I'll just call her Rendell. But yeah. Same Sophia Farrow or Farrow? Oh, Farrow. Sophia Farrow, I believe. And then the other one is Megan Collette, and it could have been Collett. Oh, I always call her Collette. Yeah, no, we had um, Rachel Panting, who used to play for the women's team on the show. And I asked her, how do you, how do you pronounce Sophia uh, Farrow? And she told me it was Farrow. So I was like, oh, OK. Mm-hmm. I bet everyone calls her Farrow. Farrow? Farrow? I was like, OK. Mm. You'll be pleased to know that I've checked the Durham women's team and they all seem fairly easy. So Yeah, that's true. And hopefully they're a bit easier than Perhaps. Sunderland because Sunderland yeah. women came down to Southampton in in September. Yes, they did. And they obviously they didn't have the stripes and you think, oh that's right, they got their away kit and got the stripes over the numbers. But the away kit was silver on the back of fluorescent yellow shirts, which yeah. was impossible to make out <laughs> the numbers. Absolutely impossible. And the three in midfield were all about the same height, all blonde haired. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. Disaster. Same hairstyle. And it's just like, I mean, luckily, the, the guy from the media Sunderland team gave me the exact formation and what positions they're all in. So you yeah. think, oh, whose idea that was? That's one of my <laughs> great gripes, that is, is like not being able to read numbers on the back of shirts. And I think Sunderland has got to be the worst for that one. It's a bit of a rant there. Well, I'm, I'm colourblind. So whenever I see a team that goes um, in red and green against each other, I can't see, I can't see them. They are, yeah. So I hate it when they when someone when a home team wears red and the away team's wearing green, it's like, oh for God's sake. Oh so, yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, it's horrible. But yeah. Take it back back to the Saints and um, the season so far and um, what you've kind of made of it because it's been well it's early days, but it's been a bit of a roller coaster and we started off quite well, um, little unbeaten run, and then getting spanked at Sunderland and then by Leicester and. Ipswich and Borough. Yeah, now we've got um, another little unbeaten run, albeit with uh, that terrible draw against Rotherham at the end of it. Um, Yeah, what is going on with the Saints team? (laughs) Well, again, it's... I mean, there's no consistency, has there, at all so far this season. It's just been all over the place. It just hasn't settled down, it feels. You know, it's not like they win one. That consistency. No, that's the thing. It's not like they win one and then they lose one, win one. It's just like, it's just so you can put it into chunks of three so far, really, can't you? That mm. 10 points in the first four, four defeats, 
bringing it back with the last three matches, but then that frustration not being able to beat Rotherham on that 11th game of the season. So it's it's been there's been encouraging signs, but I feel like it's also frustrating in equal measure because I do feel like those first few games of the season, you actually looked at those first few fixtures and they were pretty favourable, really. Sheffield Wednesday away first game, Queen's Park Rangers at home, two sides now at the bottom end of the of the championship. Plymouth away was a good win, I think. Mm-hmm. They were considering how well they've done done this season. But what it feels like is when you look at the season so far, Rotherham aside, which Saints should have beaten, is it feels like Saints have, have beaten the sides at the bottom end and they're losing against the teams at the top. So you've got, I mean, even Middlesbrough have won five in a row now and they're moving their way up the table. The other three, Ipswich, Leicester, um, Sunderland, teams at the top end of the table. So with Saints at the moment, it feels like they can beat the teams at the bottom. But then when it comes to actually playing the, the teams that they should be competing with and in and around the top, they're not getting the results, apart from Leeds, where they won. So mm. it's been frustrating. So at the moment, it feels like that's Saints are, are pretty much where they deserve to be in the table, really. Yeah, well, that was my next question. I said, what sort of team do you think we are? I mean, are we underperforming or, you know, are we about right? I think it's about right so far. I mean, the thing is with Saints as well now, you look at the top two with Ipswich, the way they're playing, and Leicester. I know there's a long, long way to go, but they already seem to be running away with those two. Mm. So, realistically, from what you've seen, maybe somewhere between fourth and eighth would be my prediction for Saints this season. Mm. I mean, if you can be in and around those playoffs at the moment, considering what the table's like, you'd probably take that, wouldn't you, a playoff finish oh, yeah. at the end of the season? The way things sure. have been going. Yeah, I mean, so, the, the fans are, well, they're getting frustrated, and it's um, it's going to take some mm. time, obviously. But there was um, there was uh, some booze against Rotherham. I think Flynn Downs has called out the fans a little bit uh, towards the end there. And um, is it a case of just let's just be patient, and you know, it's going to improve. It has to. Yeah, and you can understand the frustration, can't you, really? Because what they should have done was killed them off after three and a half minutes, because there was a goal on two and a half. Adam Armstrong put one in as well. Yep, he put one in. And that, I know it's easy to say in hindsight, but that half an hour before Matt Taylor changed his tactics and put five at the back was when that really should have been the moment where you take advantage and not just score one goal and then go in off the back of half time and just keep the ball for five minutes. Because it feels like Rotherham then, while it's still one goal, you feel like the belief grows at Rotherham. You think, well, they can get one here because the tension you could feel naturally started to build at the ground when it's only one goal with <laughs> half an hour to go, 20 minutes to go. Yeah, it certainly so was that for was, me, yeah. Yeah, so that was a, a big opportunity missed, I felt like, in that, that early early stages of the Rotherham game. I mean, there was a lot of possession again, 80%. And, I mean, to be fair to Rotherham, their goalkeeper oh, yeah, was absolutely fantastic. Incredible, wasn't it? And I do feel like if that second goal went on in on three three and a half minutes, Saints probably win that game five nil. Yeah. Um, so it is it is a case of fine margin sometimes, isn't it? I do feel like Russell Martin. The last three games, it's easy to say when they picked up seven points, but it feels like there's more understanding now with the players what they want from him. And we've seen at Swansea and MK Dons where the first season was always worse than the second season. The second season he's always built on the first campaign. But obviously for Southampton, they don't want to be finishing bottom half and then finishing 11th like at Swansea and MK Dons. They want to be 
up there straight away. And if they're not, then next season, you know, you've got to be pushing on, pushing for automatic promotion. So I do think he's, I think he's got the right ideas, got a good philosophy. It feels like the players are starting to understand what he wants to do. And I feel like if it all clicks, it could be really exciting. But no <laughs> doubt, I think frustration is the main word for Saints so far, really, this season. Oh, yeah. Mm. Would, you, would you say, I mean, um, what, what, yeah, would you, do you like Russ and Martin's brand of football? I mean, you talk about it clicking. Would you say it probably hasn't quite clicked just yet? Yeah, I, I feel it's starting to. I do really like the way that he, he tries to play. When it all comes together, I mean, we've seen it even on the first game of the season, that match against Sheffield Wednesday, where it was great to see Saints. I know Sheffield Wednesday now bottom, but... And we had Nathan Teller then. <laughs> Nathan Teller, James Ward-Prowse wow. made a difference. Jack Stevens obviously fit. So that did make a difference. But just to see Saints not being, not giving Sheffield Wednesday an inch as soon as they took the lead on 87 minutes from Shea Adams was great to see. Mm. And that is when you feel like if that can, if Saints can just play like that, it's easier said than done sometimes, of course, because the opposition is going to be a lot better. Um, but once they go in front and it all works, I mean, we saw against Leeds how well it, it just clicked in the first half where they were just playing with so much confidence. They were doing things that perhaps they weren't doing before out of fear. So if they can just get that into a 90-minute game, we've not really seen it for 90 minutes yet. This no. Season. So if we can see it all click, and I think it will come, Definitely. Um, but it just has to be over 90 minutes. I feel the response from the players when Saints concede this season could be a lot better. And I think Russell Martin said that himself. Mm. Sometimes I feel like they've gone away from their identity when they concede. And all, and, and all it takes is five, ten minutes. And, you know, you can allow the side to score again. So they just need to keep to their beliefs, I feel, even when they concede a goal rather than panic, which it feels like they've done a couple of times this season. Too much, yeah. I mean, we, we, we had a, uh, someone comment on our Instagram feed uh, after the, the Rotherham game, um, and he said that even when we've won, I mean, it hasn't been that impressive because we've had two last-minute winners. We had two yes. penalties against Norwich. Uh, we had a free kick at, uh, at Stoke, and we had a lucky rebound off the post against Rotherham. I mean, mm. is, is that fair to say the wins that we have had haven't been that great either? Yeah, they've been by that one goal, really, haven't they, apart from, from Leeds? Yeah, that was um, the only the only one which I, I can't help but think that that was the blip. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the way it's gone, which is why you know you just want to see a couple more performances like Leeds after the international break, and you start to think, well, they can really push on here and and do so and, and maybe take. I know it's difficult away from home, but just to start taking more control of games away from home as well, because as you say, there was late drama against Plymouth, late drama against Sheffield Wednesday. But you're looking at that and you could say they could easily then be coming away with two points and two games as mm. well. Um, Definitely. Just yeah. like ultimately you could say they could be should be getting three points against Rotherham. Had Rotherham not scored later or fairly later. Yeah. So Saints are definitely where they deserve to be, I think, for sure. Um, but you just want to see some games where they really take it to opposition. And as I say, Rotherham, had they gone two nil up with that chance on three minutes, then you're probably talking you're looking back at two your last two home games as totally controlling both home games. Yeah, it's just so, such a shame, it, isn't it, the way that it went? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it goes to show how things can change so easily in a game of football and how it's said it said it earlier, but just how everything is such fine margins sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they're that far away. I think they're 
certainly in the last three games, are signs of encouragement. I do think it wasn't a great game at Stoke, but it was a, a professional performance. Good to get that clean sheet. And I feel like that's important now, getting that clean sheet. And the defence has definitely improved. Five goals in five games conceded. It, it could be better, but I feel it's, like that's certainly something to build on as well. It's definitely going to have to get better as well. We've got two tap-away games next up, up at Hull and, and Preston. That's going to be... um. Both of them are going to be really, really tricky games. Now, that's the thing, isn't it? Because that's why you look at the Rotherham game and you say, win that one, nine points in eight days. Everyone's yeah. absolutely buzzing, going into the break. And you can attack the whole game now, going, oh, four wins in four. This is a big opportunity. But just to lose that bit of momentum and that impetus, you then go, as you say, Hull away, Preston away, Birmingham at home. Mm. Three teams who are doing well this season. And then games against Millwall and West Brom. So the, you're all of a sudden after drawing that Rotherham game thinking, oh, you know, five tough games to come. Yeah. Whereas if you win that game, you're going into it thinking, well, we'll make it four wins, make it five. You don't really care who you're playing so much. Exactly. Um, so it does add the pressure. But if you can get a win at, at Hull City, then it's uh, it's all looking rosy again. It does. Actually, there is one more, one thing I wanted to ask you about the men's team. Um, Everyone loves to play manager. Um. Without, without ever, ever seeing training sessions, etc. But um, if you were in charge, I mean, what would be your strongest Saints eleven? assuming that everybody is fit? I mean, who would you select? It would be, obviously, Bazuna in goal. Back four, Walker-Peters and Manning, the full backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Centre-back would be... Tricky one. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I would put, at the moment, I would put Harwood... I think you'll definitely have Harwood-Bellis as one of the two. I would put... If Stevens was Ooh. fully fit, I would probably put Stevens there, actually. No Bednarik. Mm. No, it's a difficult, but I would put them. I mean, they've, they've done well, those two together. But mm. I also feel like Stevens and Arwood Bellis, if Stevens, Stevens was fit, would have done well together as well as a partnership. Mm. I think with Stevens at the back there. It's a tight one. It is. But I would put those two at the back together. Um, I would put. In midfield, I'd put downs, and then I would put. It's a, it depends who you're playing as well with the balance of the team exactly. defensively. Yeah, but I would. I definitely put Alcaraz in there as one of the three midfielders, and I would probably put. If you're talking a, a really exciting attacking team, it's like, I mean, you might be looking at four four games, but I'd put Stuart Armstrong in there as well. Definitely. So Shay, Shay Charles and Will Smallbone and uh, Joe Rebo miss out. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say okay. again, it's it's difficult. Smallbone and Bednarik would just miss out. Okay. Like by a whisker, I would say. And the and the three forwards. And the three forwards would be Adam Armstrong. Can't leave him out at the moment. No, you can't. No, not at all. Um, Sulemana, of course. Yeah. Don't think you can leave him out either, because I mean, what he does with the ball is frightening sometimes. Outrageous now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that's the third. The, the, the other one, I wouldn't have a dozy at the moment, to be honest. I would have to leave him out, in truth. You go Shay? It's, oh, I don't know. It's a difficult. It's, that's the balancing act of whether you play Adam Armstrong and Shay Adams at the moment. Mm. And then you've got the um, likes of Ryan Fraser. You've got um, yeah. Sa- Saikumara. You've got uh, Ross Stewart as well, who's, who's just coming back. You've got Ross Stewart. Yeah, mm. that's true. I think it's easy to forget Ross Stewart, isn't it? Because yeah. his sign has not been back. So I would put Stewart up front, actually. Adam Armstrong and Sulemana off them. Stewart Armstrong and Alcaraz in midfield with uh, Downs. Interesting. So that would be that would be my 11. Excellent. 
Um, I just want to have a quick chat about the women's team. Um, mm. Great start to the season for them. Top of the league. Uh, three goal difference to Sunderland in second. Uh, actually, they're playing in the League Cup right now against Bristol. I, I, I did actually watch the first half. But, um, they were 1-0 down and it's 1-1 now. Mm. Um, so that's good. Um, yeah, just the two losses so far from the six. The, the, the new sign-ins look good. I think Molly Pike settled in amazingly. Um, there's a, I don't know, there's a real sense of uh, positivity this year with them. And so you've got uh, Durham at Snow Stadium on, on, on Sunday. Uh, but I, I just feel like that everyone's, the, the, the women's team's in a great position and they've got a real good chance to go up this year. Yeah, and it feels like they're probably one of about five or six teams you feel could have a really good go at it. The Saints are certainly one of those this season. And, and away from home, they're starting to score some goals this season. You know, you've got two at Watford four at Reading, four at Lewis, and the last game of last season at Coventry, they scored four. Mm. The last campaign, you feel like they were scoring one or two. They were very tight affairs last year. They often win one nil, or they draw nil-nil, lose one nil. But the goals are coming. As you say, Molly Pike's been a massive difference for them with her goals. Not only the goals, but the, what she creates. She won a penalty at Reading. And then I feel like the signings they've, they've brought in as well. They've brought in four or five really key mm players with Super League experience. And you've got Rihanna Dean now who's fit up front yep. from Palace. So that is going to add a different dimension to it. Atlanta Primus in midfield. And the bench now, last season, I don't think there was the, the strength and depth to bring off the bench last season to really make an impact. Whereas this season, there's a big difference now in the, the quality of players they can bring on and change things. Last season, maybe the substitutes made the team a bit weaker. But now... Strength and depth. Going yeah. into the last half an hour of the game, there's big chance for players to come in and, and change things around. And, and it's showing at the moment because they're picking up the points and they're right at the top of the table. Yeah, so they're playing um, Bristol City, who are in the, uh, I think they're in the Super League, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah, they went up last year. Didn't yeah. They? So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And as I say, they, they've the only got, uh, it's 1 1. Last season, there were penalties and you had the bonus point oh. if you drew. The, 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 the famous bonus point. Oh. you would get. Oh. Ah, like an ice hockey. Yeah, you get the extra points. Yeah. Apparently she are for a point, but yeah. Um, yeah, one of those losses was against Sunderland, and, and then they, they had a real blip against Birmingham, which, you know, Birmingham mm. was struggling. We handed them their first win, so I don't quite know what happened there. Was it a little bit of complacency, maybe? Perhaps, although if Birmingham City also, I would say, have been underachieving so far this, this season, because two of those games they had a player sent off, both of those oh. games they lost and, and they finished second last season and won their last seven matches of the campaign. Wow. So they did brilliantly at the end of last season. And also they've, they've strengthened their, their squad. So it did seem strange that they were where they were in the table and they picked up a point I think, last Sunday. So they're starting to turn the, the, the corner and actually looking at Saints against Birmingham. Birmingham looked like the, the best team that have played Southampton actually so far this season. So maybe yeah, they, it was... They a, did look good, yeah. They, they did look really strong. So perhaps Birmingham were in a false position and they'll start moving up the table. Um, I would certainly imagine that is the case. And they'll probably go from strength to strength. But it was just a difficult game for Saints, that one. And perhaps they've had the defeat against Sunderland and Birmingham, which shows that it is going to be tight. A couple of wake-up calls for them as well that, you know, they're not the finished article, but the way they've performed this season, I don't see any reason why they can't be right up there competing at the end of the season. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, it is penalties for the bonus point. I've just seen on their Twitter feed. So, yeah, they're at penalties now. 
Damn it, I was watching that game as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the all-important bonus point. And even if they finish last with the final group game, they've still got to play for bonus point when it means nothing. So oh, wow, that's that'll weird. be interesting yeah. if that happens. Excellent. Okay, so um, where do Saints finish this season, men's team? I'd say sixth. That's what I predicted, Kev. <laughs> um, Just in those playoffs. <laughs> yeah, lo- losing the playoffs. That's what's going. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, favorite ground that you've visited this season, or generally? In general, yeah. uh, ever, ever, yeah, ever. Anfield. Anfield. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from St. Mary's. Yeah, of course. Um, Least favourite. I mean, by by this, I mean just making your job difficult, like whether it be spacious issues or or the view or whatever. Uh, Dover Athletic, because you've got a pillar to the left, a pillar to the right. You can't see either goal. So that doesn't (laughs) help with you. When you commentate on the game, that doesn't help. It's like Crystal Palace away. That's. uh, (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Next season, are the women's team going to be in the Super League? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to win the league. Excellent. Um, Most memorable match you've commentated on? Ooh, most memorable match. You can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) No, they think. Only, I would say, this season, just because it's the one that sticks out for me most recently. I'm sure there's been a lot more memorable matches than this. Oh, the 4-4. But the 4-4, Southampton yeah. Norwich, and nearly the 5-4 right at the end. Yeah. So I'm going to say the 4-4. It was great. Good game. It was. Yeah, any team that you don't like commentate on? Pompey. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop the Pompey jokes uh, now. <laughs> did commentating four or just, just generally? Um, yeah, four or about. Um... Again, I'm going to say anybody with stripes on the back (laughs) that I can't see the team. So Sunderland, (laughs) Newcastle. Saints. Anybody (laughs) like that. Although Saints isn't, I think Saints is all right. It's kind of half and half, isn't it? Stripes with all Their their kit this season makes it absolutely impossible to read the, I mean, you know the players, so it's not really a problem. Us, exactly. If you're trying to figure out what number is that, is that 12 or 17? <laughs> I can't see. Um, yeah, sorry, they do more. Yeah, but it's it's all right when you do them. It's just the opposition when you go, oh no. Mm. But yeah, we've got a bunch. Yeah, I've got a few more. Um, favorite player? I think I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say Salamana just because you don't know what he's gonna do next. Yeah, he's just so He's just so <laughs> fun to watch. Um, and most difficult name to pronounce. Um, I don't know. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Quite a lot of these, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I think the one we were talking about earlier, the under-21s player, the the, the oh, yeah. the one who's got about 20 letters in his Is name. Is that it? Is that how you pronounce it? Ebertoman? Ebertoman, yeah. I asked somebody at the club how to pronounce it, and they said it's Ebertoman. So unless I, they've got I was it calling him a Batchman because of, um, I was listening to um, Radio Solon. No, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Adam Blackmore. Um, and I listened mm. to him commentating on it, and he said, um, a Batcherman. And I thought, oh, is that how you pronounce it? See, now Ebertoman. So I've been doing it wrong. Yeah, well, somebody at the club said, because I had a little look at the list of names, and I think it was before the last or the first Saints and the 21s game. And I said, how on earth <laughs> did you pronounce this person? And they said, oh, it's just Ebertoman. I said, oh, that's all right then. <laughs> I right, was thinking it was. Write it out phonetically, yeah. Ten <laughs> syllables, yeah. I'm um, finally best. Best footy scrum that you've had on your travels? 
Oh, I tell you what, the best one has got to be a few years ago. I was at Kidderminster Harriers, and they didn't just do pies. Well, they did do pies, but it wasn't just his steak and kidney. It was proper cottage pie. Oh, wow. Six pounds, but worth every single penny. And it's renowned, I think, for being one of the best, as far as food is concerned, in the division or in the in the country. So yeah, I'm going to say Kidderminster Harriers. Yeah. Is that one from when you were commentating on Eastleigh? It was, and they played them. Fortunately, they went there and played them three times in one season. They were in the FA Cup, and then there were another trophy, <laughs> and in the league. So, I so went you went and had three, you, you had a lot of pies. <laughs> I had three cottage pies, yeah, and cost me about twenty pounds <laughs> for three trips. But again, <laughs> if you ever have any trouble with uh, any player names, then uh, please think of Kevin. Um, you can have oh, some, some elocution. Too much responsibility. Lessons. <laughs> oh yeah, I know where to go now. That's yeah. much easier than having to go through YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> just message Kevin; he'll, he'll sort it out for you. Um, or please, please give our best to, to Dean. Uh, tell him we love him and we want to. We really do. Yeah, we want him to come back. Um, yeah, so you can get him to come back on our show. We'd love it. <laughs> I will do. I'll pass the message on. I'll get him to come back on. Fantastic. Oh, lovely stuff. Yeah, uh, Ian. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and giving up your valuable time. I really, really appreciate it. Oh no worries, no enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on any time. Brilliant. Yeah, sorry Same about legend. the uh, sorry about the pronunciation thing. <laughs> oh no, it was good. I think we'll uh, I think we got there between us. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, great. Thanks to you both. Appreciate Thank it. you very much, mate. Up Cheers. the Saints. Up the Cheers. Saints. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Thanks a lot. See you later on. <laughs> Up the Saints. Up oh, Southampton. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.